Hello, I'm Evan with Which Game First, a board game podcast, and I am joined by a very, very special guest today, Elizabeth Hargrave, game designer. Hello, Elizabeth. Hello. How are you doing today? Good. It's a lovely Sunday morning in Washington, D.C. Yes. <laughs> it is a nice fall morning, so thank you so much for uh, being with me this morning. Uh, so let's uh, go right to it. Um, the Fox Experiment is your latest and greatest game uh, currently on Kickstarter. My first question for you is, what led you to design a game based on the famous Silver Fox domestication experiments? Um, I heard about the experiment. I don't even remember where. Maybe there's, I know there's a Radiolab um, episode about it. And so it may have been that. And um, I just started thinking about how cool it would be to have a game where you somehow can actually record the results of a die roll in a way that you incorporate it in to the next round of a game. So like breeding foxes, making a baby fox and somehow um, having that baby fox be an actual you know, card in the game that you can then draft later. Um, so that's something that has been sort of the, the core mechanic in the Fox experiment from the very, very beginning, because that was sort of the, the mechanical inspiration that went along with like, oh my God, this actual experiment in real life is like an amazing story that would be really fun for people to learn about. That is, and and in watching some of the videos about um, that have been produced so far about uh, how the game is played, that is definitely one of the major features of this game is that the players are going to be um, breeding the foxes and effectively creating the new next generation of cards that gets played, filling in even so much as the names <laughs> of the actual <laughs> animals that gets that gets produced, and and that that's a real fun feature when it when it comes to games anytime the player is allowed to have that additional level of input in a sense into the game so a very very nice feature there now you right. must oh, mm -hmm. no no tell me <laughs> you say it's it's you know when when people first started talking about the fox experiment and sort of seeing the description they were like oh this is a roll and write game but it's it, it's sort of using roll and write materials mm -hmm. And, and the fact that we have figured out how to make cards that you can write on with a dry erase marker um, in the board game industry, uh, sort of taking advantage of those materials. But it's it, it, the mechanics of the game, I think, will feel much more like a, a larger Euro game to a lot of people. But then it has this element of dry erase in it. No, it's a nice blend. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot, certainly a lot going on in the game. Uh, for the game itself, you must, so you've had apparently this idea for a decent amount of time, at least going from the original concept to what is now, you know, the prototype and, and the Kickstarter. So how, how long have you been working on this? Um, it's hard to count because there were times that I just wasn't working on it at all. Um, I think I started working on it probably in 2019. I want to say, mm -hmm. um, maybe even longer ago than that. I'd really, I should know. I should look that up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, no, it must have been earlier. I had it at a at a playtesting convention at Unpub in Baltimore um, in early 2019, 
And that it was half baked, definitely not at a stage that I would have pitched it. But um, at the time, John Gilmore was working for Pandasaurus Games, and he sort of saw it and said, "I want to work on this with you." <laughs> um, so that's how it ended up with Pandasaurus. So I, mu I must have been working on it even before then. Um, so it's it's been a few years. Yeah. Um, and but with with breaks for sure. Absolutely. And what was the biggest challenge? What, what, what do you think the biggest challenge uh, was in designing the Fox exper experiment? Um, I always had a mechanic where you're gathering dice based on the parents, the parent foxes, and then um, rolling them to pass the traits down to the baby foxes. Um, and for a while I had, a but, but figuring out the exact right way to do that was, was probably the hardest part. So for mm -hmm. a while I had it that you were sort of, you know, if you rolled even, then the mother's left hand, you know, there were traits on different sides of the fox and, and even or odd or high or low determined which traits passed down. And some people just found that really hard to parse. And, um... And that was just with normal D6s. And so then we went from from that to like roll a bunch of D6s and, and add the numbers up and mm -hmm. that determines what your babies get. But there's just too much variance. Um, if you're rolling a bunch of D6s, if you roll 10 D6s, you could roll a six or you could roll a 60, right? Mm -hmm, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> too big. Um, and so we landed on these dice with, um, symbols on them that are basically like they range from one to three in value, um, but also it matters how you can match them up with each other and some of them are wild. And um, so there's like, and now it's, it became a very interesting little mini puzzle within the game, how you solve the, the dice. Um, and that just felt great. Um, so we finally ended <laughs> up in the right place. And that was mostly my co-designer, um, Jeff Frazier, who came up with that. Actually, as he was hired as a developer by Pandasaurus, and, and because he came up with that dice system, I was like, you, your name's going on the box. This no, yeah, definitely. No, <laughs> it, it's clever because in the game, like you said, you're allowed to, you, you, you can string your dice together and you have a half of a symbol on one die and another half on another die or the wild die, yep. the one that links them together. It's it's really a a great concept and not something you see regularly at all in games um, that that involve dice. So so we're definitely um, looking at something very very special there. And again, yeah, and another it, fun it, aspect for the players. I think this happens a lot in game design. It was a case where it was a new mechanic that didn't really arise because we were being spontaneously creative but it came out of trying to solve a problem in the game design and then like this cool new thing emerged from that sounds like science to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah and let's uh let's talk a little bit about um the relationship in a sense between board gaming and science now board gaming obviously it's a leisure activity the main purpose for people is to have fun but when it comes to science themed board gaming does education take over as the primary goal or at least as at being as important as people basically enjoying the game i think it's 
depends on the designer and the publisher. Like um, the games that Genius Games put out, I think that is sort of their philosophy that they want them really like usable in a classroom and that they're teaching, and they need to be fun because you're never going to teach anybody anything if they don't want to play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, my approach has always been that I want a good game first. And I make games about things I'm interested in, and I'm interested in the natural world and science, and and I want the information in the game to be not wrong, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I want it to um, teach people something, but kind of in passing. Like, I think most of my games wouldn't be as obvious as like, oh, I would pick this to teach people in a classroom setting about this subject. Um, but it's but it's certainly the case that with most of my games, you're gonna play them and come away knowing something you didn't know before about whatever the subject is. So in a way you've sort of answered what my, my follow-up question to that <laughs> was gonna be. And that has to do with um, straying from sort of the purity of, of science and the scientific method itself. And the amount of latitude you have to have, obviously not every board game is a science, cl- is a science class. It's not meant to be a substitute for, for, for that level of education. But at the same time, you know, there, there are certain levels that you, that you can be comfortable with in which you allow yourself a certain latitude to say stray from the from the science it's, itself, and I would assume that you know you have to have that sort of flexibility in order to achieve that balance. Yeah, and it can be really hard to figure out where the right line is sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the with the wingspan birds, all of the habitat and food information on the cards is more or less accurate, but it's very abstracted. Like there are far more than three types of habitat in the world and like whether a specific biome fits as like a grassland biome or not. Like I just have to kind of shove things where (laughs) I can sometimes. And, And sometimes I do sort of fudge around the edges because I want a particular ratio of of habitats and foods in the deck and so i'm like oh i can kind of make this bird a grassland bird as well as a wetland bird or not (laughs) um those sorts of things so it's you know and and like i said before my sort of gut thing is that i just want them to not be wrong i don't Mm -hmm. want someone to look at it and be like oh no like that is impossible that that bird would ever be in the grassland um Avoid the major faux pas. <laughs> right? <laughs> but there's a lot of gray area in the middle um, that you can sort of wave your hands around. Um, and and at the level of a board game, you just have to because you can't simulate the complexity that's Mm-mm. out there in the world. No. I mean, the no. boxes and the Fox experiment, right? The, we're talking about four sort of physical traits that emerged in the Foxes. But there are hundreds of genes that are contributing to those four traits. And, like, you can't simulate that. You just have to wave your hands. And, no, you... and it has to, in the end, it has to be fun. And as long as you're driving home sort of the, the general main concepts right. of passing on traits from generation to the next generation, that seems to satisfy the, uh, 
the, the main concept that you, that the game is trying to, uh, bring home. And, and I think it successfully actually does that very well. Yeah. Um, and the other really main concept from that experiment that I wanted to make sure came through is that, um, they were really they, in the game. You get to pick foxes based on the, all of the traits on their cards, but in the actual experiment, they were really only picking on the personality of the foxes. And the, it, there's all this biochemical stuff with like serotonin that's, mm-hmm happening where the the personality of the foxes is actually partly is is directly linked to those physical traits showing up because of the biochemistry of the personality and how it how that same biochemistry affects the emergence of physical characteristics and so the way that we sort of made a nod to that in the dice mechanics is that there are these wild dice that are we call the friendly dice mm-hmm. that are so those you want because they're adding to all of your different traits however you decide to to make them at it so it's, it's i wanted to make sure that it was clear that it was not the the traits being passed down in the way that we learned in biology class in school where like you have the pea plants and the <laughs> the I forget what the different characteristics were. You know, right. they're short or tall, and yep, they the mental get passed down. Because yep. it's that's that's not what happened in this experiment. What they figured out is that it's way more complicated than that, uh, and that's really cool. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yes. When you read about more about the silver fox experiment, it 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 really draws you in, and and the results are just are just fascinating. Yeah. In science in general, um, experiments are often more likely to go wrong than right, and errors become apparent as these experiments unfold. Do you find that there is a parallel with that part of the scientific process and the process of game design? <laughs> That's a really good question. Probably, yeah. I mean, I one of my pieces of advice that I always give to new game designers or people that are sort of design curious is just know that your first draft of any game will be terrible. Like if you, like my advice is always just make something and get it on the table and figure out the ways in which it is terrible because then you can fix them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that probably is very similar to like, I want to explore this scientific area. I'm just going to test some stuff out. Oh, that didn't work. Why didn't it work? How do I fix it? Um, yeah, there probably are a lot of parallels there. I've definitely seen them uh, over, over my time. And I, I don't think you could ever find a game designer who could say my initial ideas here found their way, <laughs> found their way all the way to the very end product. And they had to make very few changes along the way. So yep. no doubt about that. Now the Fox experiment board game, it's in the Kickstarter campaign right now. It's been very successful so far, and there's still a few days left for people to join and back this project. Um, a lot of the stretch goals have already been reached. Do you? And we, there's a new stretch goal, another stretch goal in line that uh, is is on the target. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Do you have that up in front of you? I haven't looked this morning where <laughs> we're at. <laughs> I was uh, all day yesterday. Third Fox Meeple Design Player Six. Oh yeah, so. Um, this has actually been um, something that's been getting a lot of commentary in, in on the Kickstarter. So 
there are a lot of different fox meeple options in this game and so the retail game the retail version comes with adorable little wooden meeples um and some people are very happy with those and then a lot of the stretch goals have been around these really cool um plastic screen printed or heat transferred um mm player pieces that have actual Fox art on them. So some of the art from the cards, they're actually putting on little standees that are little Foxes in your, in the different player colors. So you've been working all the way through all the different players, all the way up through six players. Um, and it looks like we are about to hit the last Fox meeple goal. And I know we have been talking about a couple more stretch goals after that. So, um, yeah, there's definitely more to come once once that one gets unlocked. Um, and it'll be a little bit more content for the game. Hopefully. That is exciting. That is exciting. So happy with the success of, of this project so far. And I want to wrap up with um, one, more, one more question for you. I hear that you're designing a game about Mushroom Collection. Is that true? Not about Mushroom Collection. About um, the fact that mushrooms and trees transfer or trade nutrients um so the mycorrhizal sort of symbiotic relationship between mushrooms and trees so you in the game you're actually playing from the point of view of a douglas fir tree trying to get mm -hmm. your seedlings sort of out and established in the world and and this is a passion of yours a hobby something you're also very much interested in is the world is the world yeah. of uh, of uh mushroom. i am actually um the president of the mycological association of Washington. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> i'm a big mushroom fan oh sure. my gosh so absolutely yeah and that system is just another like a lot of people don't know that that exists that like mushrooms and trees interact and and have um, their roots sort of attached to each other. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot there's, going on there. There's stuff going on. That's like, is there agency in some of this system? Like they're uh -huh. finding out that, um, that the carbon that trees put out into the network of mushrooms, um, some of that gets absorbed by other trees that are also attached to the same fungal network. And they've been finding that the the carbon that goes out will get somehow preferentially absorbed by the offspring that are related to the tree that put that carbon into this network. Wow. Like, how does that happen? They don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that is, no, that's fascinating. And I know my, my... How would the tree send it to their offspring? We don't know. Oh my gosh, my co-host on the, on my science podcast would be uh, would be thrilled to talk to you some more about about yeah. that at a yeah. at a future date. That would be fantastic. Well, uh, that's great, Elizabeth. Congratulations again on another uh, successful game. I look forward also to uh, your future games and uh, and everything else you've got coming up. Awesome! Thank you so much.